Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. We're going to use the, one of the verses from our Old Testament lesson that uh, Tim just read for us. And um, I'm going to invite you to join me in speaking that so that we have the opportunity to put before us um, the word that... I've got to find my little... There we go. Oh, wrong way. There we go. I'm going to invite you to join me in speaking those words. The Lord your God. This is the word of the Lord. So in the season of Epiphany, which is where we find ourselves in the church year, the emphasis is, well, it's always on Jesus, but Epiphany refers to that of being Jesus being revealed. And today we get to learn about Jesus, but from the beginning point of Moses, the one who spoke those words that the Lord would raise up from among you, from your brothers, a prophet who he said would be like me. And that's to whom we are to listen. And so we learn about Moses a little bit, but we also learn primarily about Jesus through these words. You may have noticed that I have a uh, worship folder, or I should say, There should be an outline, hopefully. I don't know if that made this worship folder. Is there an outline? No. Well, that's okay, because it's all going to be on the screen. So what you can do is when you come to the fill in the blanks, you can just write it on your hand, okay? And then you'd have all the answers, all right? All right. So... What we have the opportunity to do is to uh, compare and contrast Moses and Jesus. So from our, our scripture reading from the Old Testament, there's at least three ways that there's characteristics of this new prophet that would be like Moses. And so, first of all, there's your answer, that he would be like Moses. Now, If you're wondering who Moses looks like, well, that's probably as good of an impression that most people would recognize immediately. You have the Red Sea in the background, you've got lightning, and you have the staff in his hand, the great prophet Moses. The number of prophets that came after him that the Lord raised up was dozens and dozens, and In fact, every single one of them was called by the Lord to prophesy, to speak the word of the Lord to the people. But none of them were going to be like Moses in the same way that the final prophet, if you will, that makes the the list of prophets would be, other than the apostles would be, in fact, Jesus Christ. And so none of these other dozens and dozens were going to be like Moses, but the one who was like Moses 
was in fact Jesus. And so here's some ways that that is in fact the case. First of all, he is like Moses because, well, we can observe these similarities. If you remember, both Moses and Jesus In their infancies, their lives were threatened. Moses was born at a time when the Egyptians were practicing infanticide when it came to the male babies of the Hebrews. The people were commanded that if you come across a male baby of the Hebrews to throw it in the sea, get rid of it. You talk about barbaric times. But God had another plan for Moses. You can read about that in Exodus. But he was spared And in fact, God used the situation to have Moses be raised in none other than the Pharaoh's house uh, himself. But another similarity to point out is the fact that Moses and Jesus both were called by God's voice. Moses famously was at the burning bush in the wilderness of Sinai. And there a voice of the Lord spoke to him, calling him, saying, Moses, you are now going to work for me. You are going to be a prophet, and you are going to lead the people of Israel out of slavery. The same was true for Jesus. His ministry was officially announced by the voice of the Lord at his baptism. As he was baptized and coming up, it says the heavens were opened, and the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove, And it says there was a voice from heaven saying, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. I mentioned before about the mission that Moses was sent on, and it was none other than what Jesus was sent on to do too. Remember, Jesus' name is given to him as Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Both were sent to save God's people from slavery, one from Egypt, one from the slavery to sin. And they were to do so and would end up doing so, you could say, through the blood of a lamb. Moses used the Passover at God's command where the lamb had to be sacrificed and the blood pasted on the door frame and then the angel of death would pass over that house. Jesus, of course, was celebrating Passover the night before he would be crucified on the cross. And finally, both had the ability and power from God to perform miracles Of course, the fantastic miracle of Moses dividing the Red Sea, but he did many other miracles that God empowered him to do. In our reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, we get just one of the miracles that Jesus accomplished in his ministry. In this case, it was him being in church on the Sabbath, in the synagogue, and there a man who was possessed by an unclean spirit came. And Jesus, simply by using his voice, commanded the Spirit to come out of him. And that is, in fact, what happened. Keep hitting the wrong button, sorry. There's another thing that's pointed out in our text for today, namely that the prophet who would be 
like Moses, was chosen from among you, from your brothers. In other words, this prophet was going to, like Moses, be one of the people. We see this especially when it comes to Jesus' genealogy. Matthew chapter 1 records that genealogy of who was the father of who and so forth, and we can trace Jesus' genealogy back through his human ancestors all the way back through the different kings that followed in the line of Judah and, of course, Abraham and so forth. We have Jesus' genealogy that gives us that opportunity. But then we also have the humanity of Jesus that is displayed in all of the biographies, the Gospels, that speak about Jesus, namely that he was tired, hungry, that he bled, he suffered, he experienced joy and happiness, he experienced the whole gamut of emotions that you have ever experienced in your life. Yes, even being at the very lowest of low and perhaps the highest of highs, Jesus was completely one of us, one of our brothers that God raised up for him. One last thing that is mentioned in our text, and that is that this new prophet would speak the very words of God. That Jesus would be, in fact, the spokesperson for God. In Moses' day, And throughout, that was a very important thing. When Moses led the people to Mount Sinai and Horeb, as it's called in our reading for today, the people there were absolutely terrified because God spoke to them through thunder and lightning and trumpet calls and earthquakes and smoke and thick darkness and the people came to Moses begging him saying don't let us have to talk to God directly because we will die you speak to us on his behalf and that's precisely what happened Jesus likewise spoke the very words of God God made it clear that that was important, that if somebody was speaking the words of God, that anybody who didn't listen or obey those words, it would be reckoned to that person. And so to hear the word of God, regardless of who is speaking it, carries with it the grave responsibility of following the Almighty. But we get an opportunity now, not just to think about how Moses and Jesus are alike, but that we also realize that there are more characteristics that you, that separate Jesus from Moses. First of all, I think it's fair to say that he was like Moses, but not For you see, there were some very significant differences between these two great prophets. First of all, they both gave the law. Moses gave that law 
through the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, Jesus reaffirmed that law. Jesus had much instruction through his Sermon on the Mount and many places in his ministry where he reestablished what the responsibilities of God's people are. He still speaks to us today through that law. And if we hear that word, which is from Jesus, which is, in fact, the very words of God, we do well to pay attention and to listen. But in the case of Jesus, he's not only a lawgiver, he in fact is the very gospel of God. The good news. He embodied, he is the one who would be our savior to save his people from their sins. He would be the one who would go to the cross. He would be the one who would rise victorious. This is who our Savior, the new prophet, truly, truly is. The other thing that we can be reminded of is that although both reflected God's glory, so Jesus is God's glory. In two weeks, we're going to celebrate what's called Transfiguration Sunday, right before we begin our Lenten journey. And on that day, you might recall that Jesus went to a high mountain, took Peter, James, and John, and it says he was transfigured, transformed. His clothes, everything about him gleamed like the sun. When Moses was face to face with the Lord, he also reflected God's glory because his face would be glowing and they had to put a veil over Moses' face when he talked with the people so that they could look at him. And so you have this case of both reflecting being in the presence of God, but Jesus just wasn't only reflecting it. He was and is, even now, the glory of the Father, full of grace and truth. Another thing that we want to be mindful of is the fact that, yes, they both worked through a lamb in order to bring salvation and deliverance to the people. But as you well know, that it was not through an animal sacrifice, but rather it was through the sacrifice of Jesus himself. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So we're getting a picture and an understanding of how much more Jesus surpasses and is in fact greater than the prophet Moses. And so we can also recognize that yes, Jesus is our brother, 100% human, but he is also our God. You see, he was also 100% divine. You can do the math, 100% plus 100%, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense, does it? But you see, God does new math. And um, God does it in a way that he transcends the principles that we are bound to. And so Jesus was 100% God, 100% man. And so Jesus is our brother, but he is also our God. 
And we can see that in the genealogy of Jesus. We can see that when we go to the Gospel of Luke, where he records the fact that Jesus, it goes the other direction. And it says that so-and-so was the son of so-and-so. Jesus was the son of Joseph, as it were, who was the son of, who was the son of. And it takes it all the way back until we come to verse 38 of Luke chapter 3, where it says, Jesus is the very Son of God. We also recognize that Jesus demonstrated his divinity in many ways, like we said, in performing miracles. But there were certain things that Moses never did. Moses never did the resurrection of the dead, either for someone else or for himself. You see, Jesus is, they both died demonstrating their humanity, but of course it was Jesus who rose from the dead. And so we have the opportunity to consider the fact that we have Jesus and Moses that are similar but different. And that brings us to our final point from the first part, and that is that both spoke God's word, but Jesus, of course, is the word of God. John says it this way in his gospel. He says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It was God, the Word, who became flesh. And there was an occasion on which Jesus saw his, some of his followers leaving him, and he said to Peter and the twelve, he said, are you going to leave me too? Because this is not very easy. And Peter responded to him saying, Lord, where should we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. There is no one else because Jesus is eternal life. So as we learn about Moses, we are even more reminded of our Lord and Savior Jesus, a prophet like Moses, but a prophet far beyond what Moses was and did. A prophet who is also our Savior, our priest, our King, and who lives and reigns to all eternity. This is indeed most certainly true. In Jesus' name, amen.